Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at www.cwcsj.org for service times and directions. I have a word to share with you this morning that has literally been on my heart for months. Um, I don't know about you, but how many of you have ever had good barbecue? This word has been slow roasted, all right? This is a fall off the bone kind of message for you. This is a message that's been marinating for some time. So when you bite into it, it's gonna, it's gonna, the, the flavor is going all the way down to the center of the meat, not just on the outside. Come on, somebody. Those of you cooks out there know what I'm talking about here. But, but at the same time, I'm going to be up in your Kool-Aid this morning. I'm going to challenge you to break out of just a religious experience. Religion isn't going to get you to heaven. I've shared this so many times. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. Just like going into your garage make you a car, going to McDonald's make you a hamburger, or going to a donut shop make you a cop. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. There's there's a relationship that God wants to have with you. That God wants to have a relationship with you so greatly that his son, God himself, stepped out of glory from the right hand of the father, came down to earth in the form of a man, of a baby, of an infant born in a manger, not in a palace, grew up from from an infant all the way to an adult, and in that time allowed himself to be crucified by his own creation. Why? Because he loved us. To buy us back again. To let you know how much you are cared for. And this morning, I want to challenge you with the word. If you would stand with me, everyone shout now. Now. I'm not going to be long this morning, but I do have a word I want to share with you. And if you would take a look and turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5 as you're turning there, I want you to understand one of the most important words that Jesus ever spoke on how to live a successful kingdom life was right here in Matthew chapter 5 and what we call the Beatitudes. In other words, it's be these attitudes. These are the attitudes that you should have, that if you are a kingdom person, this is how a kingdom citizen operates. Turn to your neighbor, tell him he's talking to you. Oh, come on, say it like you mean it. Come on, football season's almost here. you you got to start warming up the... Uh, Warming up the lungs here, all right? Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 6, it says this. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I like how it says in the message version, you are blessed when you work up an appetite, a good appetite for God. Come on, somebody. He is good food and drink in the best meal that you will ever eat. Come on, pray with me now. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Folks, I need your help this morning. Amen. I need you to pull on my anointing. I need you to say amen when a point touches you. Even if it hasn't, by faith, say amen to pull it out of me. Amen. Uh, Because uh, tomorrow afternoon, I'm flying out to Colorado. I'm one message away from vacation and uh, looking forward to going to see my wife. I'll be with my mother-in-law for the next week. Somebody say amen. 
I love my mother-in-law. She's amazing. She is amazing. I want you to understand something. Pastor Matt, you need to spend more time with your mother-in-law, okay? You need to spend more time with her. Everyone say hunger and thirst. Jesus is sharing a principle here that is very important. That whatever you hunger and thirst after is what you will become filled with. Whatever you desire is what you... Uh, in, in a couple minutes, when we are done with service, you are all going to get together with family and friends and say, okay, where are we going to go eat? And based on what you're hungry for is what you're going to fill yourself with. Now, me and my wife are pretty simple. My wife can do Mexican food all the time. All the time. All the time. There's times I get tired of Mexican food. I want something different. Throw a little Indian my way. Give me a little uh, Vietnamese. You know, let's try some sushi. But my wife can do Mexican all the time. Sunday, our routine is we rarely go out to eat after church on Sundays. Me, Pueblo. <laughs> Going to me, Pueblo. My wife, we go up to the counter. Chicken nachos, two burritos, and we eat the nachos for lunch, save the burritos for later. That's our Sunday afternoon. But the principle is this. Whatever you are hungry and thirsty for is what you fill up on. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm preaching already. You don't even know it. You see, many of us are filled. We're hungry and thirst after angry, anger. Hungry and thirsting after lust. Hungry and thirsting after bitterness. Hungry and thirsty for success. Hungry and thirsty for acceptance. Maybe hungry and thirsty over possessions. Because whatever it is that you want is what you begin to get filled with. And the problem is this. The reason we don't see God move at churches across America isn't that God doesn't want to move. It's just we've been filled with other things. We're not hungry for God no more. Let me say, we're just not hungry for God no more. Say it again, Pastor, we're not hungry for God anymore. You, you know, we, we get up in the morning, you know, church is a, you know, whether I'm going to go to church or read my word, it's not even, it's, it's a religious experience, it's not a personal one. When's the last time that you had an encounter with God where you were so hungry for God, you were so passionate about just getting in his presence to know who your father is? It's the last time that you walked into a worship service and you just begin to drink in while worship was going on. It's not the songs we sing. It's the hunger and thirsting that we have when we get here. Walk in and say, oh, you know, worship just didn't move me today. Worship's not supposed to move you. You're supposed to move worship. Worship's not for you. Worship's for God. Well, I didn't like that song. That song's not for you. They didn't write the song with you in mind. They didn't put the song down with you in mind. You weren't the reason the song was sung. The song is about God. Preach it, Pastor. It's not about you. 
And yet we walk into church with this consumer mentality and we start yelping about church. Well, I really didn't like this church because they didn't do this or this church didn't have that. Or, you know, and we start reviewing the church like we review a restaurant. Shame on you. How dare you review God? Oh, I'm about to go off in a moment. I have a question for you this morning. What have you developed an appetite for? Because whatever... Now, for those of you that aren't going to yelp about CWC, make sure it's a good one. All right? But I need you to understand something. What are you hungry and thirsting after? What have you developed an appetite for? I want you to understand something. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 2, it says this. For God says that just at the right time, everyone shout time. I've heard you. And on that day of salvation, everyone say salvation. I helped you. Whenever you call to God, God answers you. No, whenever you call to God, God answers you. Whenever you call to God, God answers you. Whether it's, whether it's a not now, whether it's yes, no, or wait, God always answers your prayer. But he says this, I helped you. And indeed, the right time is. The right time is. The right time is. Today is the day of salvation. Everyone shout now. Whenever we talk about salvation, that word soteria, soteria in the Greek, salvation is more than being saved from something. It's being saved to something. Religion says I'm saved from hell. Salvation or relationship with God says I'm saved to something. And many of us are looking at just trying to escape hell and not recognizing I haven't just been saved from hell. I've been transformed for a purpose. That God is saving you to a purpose. God is saving you to a platform. God is saving you to a ministry. God is saving you for a reason. Because before you were founded and formed and fashioned by the mind of God, he had a purpose for you. There is no one in this room that is an accident. There is no accidents in the kingdom of God. Your parents might say you are, oh, there's my little baby accident. Your parents might not have planned you, but God did. There's a plan in mind. And when we talk about salvation, salvation restores the image of God to you. We got to break out of this religious mentality that says salvation gets me to heaven. Salvation restores my image. Salvation gives me back my God image. You were created in the image of you, weren't, you, you, didn't, you didn't evolve from a monkey. I know some of y'all got relatives that look like monkeys. I'm just saying. But you didn't evolve from no monkey. You were created by the mind of God. And so it restores the image of God, restores our purpose, our health, our wholeness. It restores that Hebrew word means shalom. It talks about peace. 
It talks about uh, just a wholeness of health and peace of mind. And so today is your day of wholeness. Come on, somebody. Today is your day of wholeness. Someone shout that today is my day. Today is my day. You know what? We are procrastinators. Dude, I'm telling you. Uh, tomorrow I'll start my diet. Tomorrow I'll work on my, uh, I'll get out of debt. Tomorrow I'll work on my marriage. Tomorrow I'll break my addiction. One more drink and then I'm on the wagon. Let me just, one more thing. Let me just, you know, let me just, one more, one more fling and then I'll, I'll start serving God. It's time to stop saying tomorrow and start recognizing that it's today. Somebody shout today. So I need you to understand something here. Need you to recognize something that God wants to manifest his glory in you. I want to focus on four people. Four people very quickly this morning. A few months back, I, I preached this first part of this message. But now I want to get to the thing that I've been, I, I've been waiting to share with you about four individuals. What they did to bring out the glory of God into the now. Some of you can't wait for God to move. Let me try this side. Some of y'all can't wait for God to move. You need God to move now. I, I don't have a month. I don't have another year. I don't have another decade. I don't even have another 10 minutes. I need God to touch my body now. I need God to touch my mind now. I need God to minister to my marriage now. I need God to save my kid now. I need God to touch me now. Somebody shout. And I want to share with you four individuals that I see how God moved in their life. The first one is Mary, the mother of Jesus. She comes to Jesus at the wedding of Canaan and says, Son, they ran out of wine. You know, the liquor store is closed. 7-Eleven is closed. You know, even though they wasn't open 24 hours a day back then. All right? And so we, we don't have any place to go to get the wine. We're in trouble right now. We need something to happen. Can you do something? Jesus looks back at his mom and says, my time has not yet come. Woman, my time has not yet come. Talk to you about another person. A guy by the name of Blind Bartimaeus. Sitting on the roadside begging, miss Jesus coming into the city of Jericho. But as he's coming out, a whole crowd is coming by and he knows the sound. He asks because he can't see, he has to use his other faculties to figure out what's going on. And he hears a crowd of people go by like he's never heard before. And someone has spoken about the man Jesus. And when blind Bartimaeus hears that it's Jesus... The Bible says that he gets up and starts yelling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I need you to understand that word, Jesus, son of David, was a messianic term. You see, some of y'all are okay with Jesus being a good teacher. We're okay with Jesus being a healer. We're okay with Jesus being a prophet. We're okay with Jesus being a priest. But we have problems when you start talking about him as the son of God. And so when Bartimaeus starts yelling out, son of David, people start telling the boy to shut up. Yet it was the blind man that could see what the crowd couldn't. <laughs> then there was another individual by the name, we don't have her name. She had an issue of blood for 12 years. 
And according to the law, she was not allowed to be in public because whoever she touched became unclean. She had a flow of blood. She, it was like her period discontinued to go on and on and on. And whenever she would bleed, it would make her unclean. And she tried everything. Many of us have tried everything we could, and we still are in the same place. And this woman heard Jesus was coming by. And so she presses in the crowd. She went to a place that she was not allowed to be in. Sometimes you got to break the rules to reach God. How desperate are you? How much do you need God? And this woman presses in and she touches the hem of his garment and the blood stops immediately. And then there's four men of a paralyzed man. Four friends. It's good to have friends that can pick you up when you can't walk. Amen? Some of y'all, when you were addicted, when you had, you had nowhere to go, you, you had someone that helped pick you up. When you were sick, you had someone pick you up. When your marriage was broken, you had someone pick you up. When you couldn't find your way, there were some people that came around you and picked you. I thank God for the people he surrounded me with. I thank God for parents that kept on praying for me when I was turning my back on God. I thank God that they picked me up. Sometimes it was my parents. Sometimes it was friends. But I thank God for those people that got me to Jesus. They get to the house where Jesus is, and the Bible says that the house was packed. I said, we're going up. They get on the roof, and the house is so packed, they start digging through the roof. Now, in them days, houses were made out of straw, mud. Bless you. Can get you a Kleenex, too? Okay. And... Listen to this. Crap. Dung. Animal dung. And they would take those things, mix it together to make the bricks. These guys are reaching, friends are digging through the crap to get this paralyzed man to Jesus. Uh, have you ever had to deal with the crap in someone's life in order to get, break, to get them a breakthrough? You're not, you're not hearing me. You have to deal with some things and like get it in your fingernails and things like that. And, you, and, the, and Jesus is sitting here teaching while straw and, and dust is coming down in front of him. And all of a sudden, he looks up and they're making the hole bigger and bigger. If it was my house, I'd be upset. Who's going to fix that hole? I need to get him to Jesus. I, need, I realize that, but you left a hole in my roof. That's another sermon. <laughs> I want you to notice four things that these people did to receive their breakthrough. I'm not going to be long. I want you to stay, stay with me on this, all right? You with me? Yeah. See, in, in this day and age, we have recognized that we don't need God. What we do is we medicate, we drug, we induce, we cover, rather than recognize our need for God. And so we use different coping methods called alcohol, 
called weed, called drugs, we, called, called uh, sports, called success, called money, called possessions. If I get a bigger house, I'll be happy. Get a bigger car, everything will be fine. You have more kids, I'll be all right. Get me more honeys, everything's going to be good. Get me a good-looking man, everything will be all right. Let me tell you something. There is a hole that God designed in each and every one of you that it can only be filled by God. Only be filled by God. I don't care how much money you've made. I work with professional athletes that have called me up and said, Pastor, I, don't, I have the money, I have the women, I have the fame, but I still feel empty inside. Because God designed us with a place that only he could fill. That's why some of you that are married right now, you're like, man, she, she doesn't make me happy. She's not supposed to. He doesn't make me happy. That's not his job. It's too much pressure on any man or woman to make you happy. That's not what I was created for, to make you happy. If you're not happy on your own, you got trouble. You got to be happy and content by yourself. Because when I come around, if you're not happy, I'm me being around isn't going to make you happy. You're just going to make both of us miserable. People coming into counseling, well, he's not, she's not making me happy. He's not making me happy. I said, I'm not happy with you right now. <laughs> you got to be happy in and of yourself. You got to find the joy of the Lord in you by yourself. I love my wife, but my wife doesn't make me whole. Say it again, Pastor. Some of you are taking that in the wrong way. But I love my wife. But if I wasn't a whole person, two broken people don't make a whole marriage. That's why when we counsel couples, you got to focus in on you. Well, he did this. She did that. It ain't about her. It's about you. Oh, I'm going off on the wrong. Let me bring it back. Let me bring it back. Come back. Come back. First thing I want you to understand is every one of these individuals had a need only Jesus could meet. You know the problem in America? We got options. We don't need God. We don't need God. We have too many options. We don't need God to move, and we're not desperate enough for God to break. This woman had nowhere else to go. She had exhausted everything else. There was no doctor, no doctors, no help, no witch doctor. Jesus was her only hope. Bartimaeus, his only hope was Jesus walking by. These four friends of the paralyzed man, Jesus was the only hope. Mary had nowhere else to go. Only Jesus could help her. I, I need you to understand something. Listen, I, I, I really, I'm not real big on accessories. I haven't wore a watch in years. I feel like Flavor Flav with this big old thing. <laughs> this is an accessory. This is an accessory. And you know what? This belt, it's an accessory. And we have taken Jesus 
and made Jesus an accessory to our lives. Just put, oh, we're going to church today, so let me put a little Jesus on right here. Let me get a little Jesus, a little bling Jesus on. Let me just put a little Jesus on before I go out. See, you don't wear them to work. You don't put them on at the gym. You, you don't put them on when you're going to the club. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to you. But we only put them on right on Sunday morning when we're getting ready for church. I'll just put a little Jesus on. Because Jesus isn't the ensemble. Jesus is your accessory. These individuals weren't looking for an accessory. They were all in. Jesus was the only hope that they had. And he's not working for you because he's an accessory. Second thing I want you to notice is that they had the knowledge of the word became the revelation of the word. Their knowledge of the word became revelation of the word. Their logos became their rhema. There, there's two Greek words for the word not, or word in the, in the Greek. First one is logos. Everyone say logos. Second one is rhema. Rhema is a now word. It's, it's where the, the word becomes active. And so let, let me explain it to you this way, okay? Now let, let me break it down. Knowledge, knowing, knowing isn't enough. And many of us, we live in an information age. Whatever you want to know, you can Google it. You want to find something out, Google it. You want to get information, Google it. But we have the most informed generation that don't know a thing. We have access to all the knowledge, but we don't have any wisdom. We know everything, but we know nothing. Logos is the knowledge of something. Rhema is the experience of something. When I talk about knowledge, knowing God in my head is not knowing God in my heart. I know that God is a healer, but it's not until my body is sick and he touches my body have I raimed the fact that God is a healer. I might know that God is my provider, but until I experience him as my provider in the rhema, do I understand who he is? And too many of us know the word. We don't know the word. And when they pursued, when Mary walked up to Jesus, she says, Jesus, I need you to turn this, I need you, she didn't say turn the water into wine, she just said, we out of wine. I don't care how you do it, I don't care where you find it, it don't matter to me where, how you're going to make it happen, but Mary knew where to go. Some of us are running all over the place trying to get people to meet our needs. That man cannot meet your need. That woman cannot meet your need. That drug will wear off. That high will eventually wear off. And you're going to be stuck back in that same situation. Mary knew where to go to. And she said, Jesus, we're out of wine. Woman, my time has not yet come. Do whatever he says to do. Do it. And she walked away. I got a wedding to enjoy. Jesus, my time has not yet come. Okay, Mom. All right, guys, this is what we're going to do. 
Fill the pot. Jesus doesn't do a thing. He just says it. Fill the pots with water. And then take them out to the wine master. Jesus didn't pick up one pot. He didn't pour one cup of water. But Mary pulled on who Jesus was, knowing who Jesus was in her mind, pulled out the promise that was set for tomorrow. She brought it into today. Because she knew who he was. Third thing I want you to understand is that every one of these people expected something. Are you still with me? Am I boring you right now? I know some of y'all are bored. Some of y'all, you're... I can go on vacation right now. If I'm boring, I'll just, I'll just walk. I'll just jump on the plane. I can't jump on the plane right now. I'll go pack. Third thing I want you to understand is they expected something from God. When's the last time you prayed expecting? Expecting something to happen. You know how we pray, God, if it's your will. You know, that, that prayer ticks me off. If it's your will. If you know his word, logos, you'll know it's his will, rhema. By his stripes, we are healed. Drives me crazy when, I, when, when we're in a hospital or something. Well, if it's God's will, they'll get healed. What do you think Jesus went through all that for? Do you think he was given suggestions about healing? Do you think he, he was just, that, that I shall supply all your needs according to my glorious riches through Christ Jesus? Well, if God wants you to be blessed. What do you mean if? That's what he died for. That's what he rose for. It is, when you pray from the will of God, not for the will of God. Oh, you didn't, you didn't even catch that. We got to start praying from the will of God, knowing, God, it's your will that we be healed, so I declare healing upon their body right now. It's your will that I be blessed, so I declare your will be done. It's your will that my marriage be restored. Let your will be done. It's your will my children be saved. Let your will be done. It's different than saying, oh, my God, if, uh, you know, Lord, if it's your will, I'll just help this humble soul. Just help them. If, if it's your will, they'll get healed. If not, they're going to die. It's his will. We got to start praying from his will. They expected something to happen. It's called faith. Without faith, it's impossible, not hard, impossible to please God. So I need you to understand, church, we got to raise our expectations. I can't raise my expectation of what I expect God to do until I know God in a deeper level. Knowledge. And Rhema, when I'm experienced who God is, all of a sudden I have the confidence to be able to trust him in what he says. Oh, church, you got to catch this. Okay, I'm going to close right now. I want to close right here. No, last point is this. They realized that God was here now. That God was here now. Religion wants you to keep coming to church, not experiencing any breakthrough. 
Let me just make you comfortable in your condition. Just let me make you comfortable in your situation. Just let me make you feel all right. You know, you just come in, you'll say a prayer, we'll pray over you, and you'll come up every week praying for the same thing, but nothing's going to happen to you. Just stay right where you are. We're just going to keep you there. We're just going to help you. We are hospice of the spiritual realm. Each one of them created an atmosphere of worship by their life. Follow me on this. Jesus said, let me give give you up-to-date terms here, to his mom. Mom, you're not in the appointment book of heaven. You're not on my calendar. I don't have you scheduled for a miracle today. You're not in heaven's schedule. My time has not yet come. You're not on the schedule, Mom. Sorry. Can't help you. She says, I bet you'll write me in. (laughs) The woman with the issue of blood, Jesus is going through a crowd, has no idea the humanity of Christ doesn't know who she is. And when she presses through, touches the hem of his garment, he stops and says, who touched me? Why? Because she wasn't in the appointment book of heaven. When Bartimaeus cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He wasn't in the appointment book of heaven. But every one of these individuals showed up at Jesus Inc. Ministries. Knocked on the door, and they said, secretary said, sorry, I'm not, you're, you're, you're not, we, we don't have you scheduled right now. And they said, I bet you do. Look again. Well, you're, you're not here, look again. Well, you're not, look again. All of a sudden, Mary's name appears in the schedule. All of a sudden, a woman with the issue of blood appears in the schedule. All of a sudden, a blind man's name appears on the schedule. All of a sudden, a paralytic man appears on the schedule. You right now may not think that you have an appointment with God, but you have an appointment with God if you want an appointment with God in the now. Right now. You have an appointment. You have as much of God as you want today. You are as close to God as you want to be today. You are drawing close to God as much as you want him today. Your marriage is as close to God as you want it. You're as close to God as you want it. Your family is as close to God as you want them to because you've made the choice to be where you're at right now. That's why he says, come into the throne of grace boldly. Every one of them realized Jesus was there. Now. I don't know about you, but this is, thanks babe. This is your all in moment. Hmm. For some of you, this, you can't wait till tomorrow. You need God to move in your life now. Can't wait for your marriage. You need God to move in your life now. Can't wait for your children. You need God to move now. 
You don't have time to wait. You don't have time. I need a breakthrough now. I appreciate you coming to church. Appreciate you coming and getting the information of the logos of who God is. But it's time for us to experience the rhema of God. Experience God. Because you were created to carry the presence of God. That's what he fashioned us for. And if you're carrying anything else other than God, then you're... You've been created for the wrong, you're, you're being used for the wrong reasons. Stop waiting for someday. Today's your day. Bow your heads with me this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at www.cwcsj.org.